Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where we talk all things Commander. And this week, we're going to talk about expensive cards not worth their price. So we have cobbled together uh, a list of cards, $20 plus in that range, some a lot more than $20, some around that range. And we're going to put forth arguments as to why we think they're not worth the price. Maybe suggest alternatives or maybe reasons why we don't think they're worth the price. But of course, everyone's budget is different. Uh, so some people, you know, any card is not worth the price. Uh, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but we're just going to try to talk about the general casual power level and reasonable budgets. Uh, but yeah, so join with me today is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, ready to talk uh, some some magic finance <laughs> stuff. <laughs> MTG on, on finance cast now. Yes, oh, pretty much. <laughs> Tomer? Budget Commander, how are you doing? I'm a little bit peeved on that comment because I remember I posted... I always on post on Twitter, like, oh, here's a random card that I, I think is good in XYZ deck. And I posted, like, Spoils of Evil. I just, like, pulled it out of my Toshiro deck. And I was like, this is good for black decks that mill your opponents. That's cool. And then, like, uh, I got DM'd, like, apparently, like, immediately afterwards, it was posted on this MTG Finance Reddit. And I'm like, no, guys, come on. <laughs> come on. Stop making bad investments. <laughs> All right. The Asian Avenger Krim, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm excited because, you know, <laughs> I do... Uh... I do like talking about some of like the speculations I've made, especially the bad ones I've made, like Antiquities War. I'm waiting for y'all to spike that for me. <laughs> what war? Yeah, exactly. The, the more we mention it, the worse war. it gets. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't worry. It's really good. Just go buy it. Don't ask no, Ignore it everything. And I'm your host, Richard, and I will be guiding you through some expensive cards today. Uh, but before we get to that, our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic card. Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value dollar $1 more, and you pay just a 5% service fee. You can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. You can get 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mdggoldfish. So thank you, Card Conduit, for supporting today's show. Uh, after you listen to the cast, make your own decisions, ship off those overpriced cards, get some good value, uh, you can use Card Conduit. So we're going to kick things off. Uh, I'm going to bring forth, I think this is not controversial. We've talked about it many times. And uh, the first is actually a set of cards. Uh, that would be the original Dual Lands. Magic's kind of holy grail here. Uh, if you don't know what they are, they are lands that have the basic land types. Uh, so they have like the type forest and plains, if you have a savanna, and they tap for the two colors of mana, green and white, no conditions. Uh, so since they've been printed, we've had many variations of this, of this card. The most popular would probably be Shocklands. They're the same, but you got to pay two life for them to enter untapped. And then we have cards like maybe uh the battle bond lands where they enter untapped if you have two or more opponents but they cannot be fetched up they don't have the basic land types currently as of 2023 these range from $300 to $700 depending on the color combination and the general rule is if there's blue in it uh it's expensive right uh so these are typically used uh in CDH uh in vintage and legacy and those are all blue-dominated formats. 
is there any world where spending three hundred to seven hundred dollars for a dual land is good value for your deck and commander? No, I mean, Not like uh, it is oof. optimal, right? Like, it so is optimal. I think where it's good value is you're like a millionaire and you got way more money than you can ever use. <laughs> like it is going to make your deck that like uh, the problem with the, the dual lands is like adding them into your deck over the next land cycle increases your power by like a 1% or something. It's a very, very marginal increase. But if you have all the money in the world and you want to make the hundred percent most optimal deck, then I guess you spend the money and get them. But for everyone else, I would say no. But that would be the the one exception I would say is if you are just you, have so much disposable income. Yes. <laughs> so post load worth. Everyone yes. else. Yeah. Not everyone worth. else. No. <laughs> so I actually think like, like, obviously I would say never, never buy these cards are too expensive. It's crazy. But like the only time I'm actually feel like, man, I wish I had OG duels in my deck is if I'm in like a five color deck, because like the alternative is, let's say you have like 10 fetches and then 10 shock lands, right? And you want to crack, you want to play a fetch, you want to crack it and you want to get an untapped duel uh, to play something that turn. Um, Losing three mana, one to crack the fetch, and then one to have the shock come into play untapped does hurt a lot. Lightning bolting yourself like more than once in a game really does kind it of sucks. Though? It adds up fast. Yeah. Even in Commander, yeah. like in a I mean, yeah. like format. <laughs> it matters, I mean, I, but I how much does it matter? My, my changeling deck, for example, is five color. Like I had 10 shocks, 10, 10 fetches. And uh, if I did that a couple times, it would really suck. Uh, like it, it like if i lose if i do that three times that's um nine life loss it's kind of bad but like no there's no way I, I never thought like oh man i definitely need to shell out thousands of dollars uh take a, a second mortgage or something sell my kidney <laughs> to uh make sure this deck runs like the deck runs fine <laughs> so so the standard um non dual land mana base right that like if you're playing as optimal as you 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 could would be Shocklands, Fetchlands, and then Triomes if you have many colors, and then a sprinkling of some untapped dual lands, right? So that would be Balabon lands, uh, that could be your utility lands like Odawaru, Buseju, stuff like that. It could be even Pain lands or Check lands, um, or the, the slow lands, right? You have to have two or more lands. So, I mean, do you really downgrade that much? I don't think you do i i feel like if i had original duels like i'd probably win like one more game over like hmm. the entirety of commander clash yeah in in the game of casual like i i just don't see the need for the untapped mana that, like as as bad right like in cdh or something sure like it comes in it's untapped it's very important there but like in a game of casual it just doesn't feel like it's enough definitely not three to seven hundred dollars worth of of a need so no. yeah like i i don't i don't think it's enough of an upgrade it's like you could actually just build a whole new deck yeah. <laughs> like like on top like build one of these duels you could build multiple new decks for just like yeah. the, the cheapest one <laughs> like i had like a thing where it's like 50 decks under 50 dollars you can make all of them for the for less than the cost of getting a, like their your abu duel cycle like it's wild and you know what's funny? Even in CDH, even when I played Legacy, like these were not worth it. People like really stressed, but like the amount of times you die over two life, I would put a caveat over that would be if you're playing ad nauseum, right? Yeah. Because that ad nauseum, like that extra life, 
is possibly like four or five cards. But like if you're playing a not ad nauseum deck, like that two life is actually not that relevant. And yes, you'll lose like some games because of it, but it's not as big. Like people think the game is over if you play Shocklands and Legacy or something, but it's actually like not that bad. Uh, but yeah, casual Ooh, commander. It's... I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> we don't need OG duels, right? <laughs> what about the financial argument? What about what about this perspective? I bought my Scalding Tarns for $100. Now they're worth $20 because Wizards reprints them like crazy. If I just saved up and bought a Volcanic Island, my money would still be worth it because they can't ever reprint it. Is there any is there any way you squint hard enough in the arguments <laughs> like they're safer to buy because Wizards is just going to reprint everything till it's super cheap these days, but they can't because of the reserve list? What about I mean, the so ca- an counter investor? Yeah. Hmm? What's the counter offer? Yeah, what's the counter counter offer is just like take that money and go to like your accountants or like a fiduciary (laughs) and be like, hey, I'd like to invest this money into like some safe bonds, you know, like just like just the safest route and you're going to get more value out of it. I think I'm pretty sure dual lands have outpaced the stock market or bonds (laughs) or whatever over the last like financial advice disclaimer. I mean, there, there's no merit to that, but think I'm of the curious about costs, that argument, right? Rather than you know tying up three hundred dollars in a scrubland, that's like a brand new commander deck, right? What, true. What, isn't that worth something? Like we're playing to have fun for the most part. Like if you were actually investing in it, would you sleeve it up? Like what? What, what, what if you get what if you get a dented yeah. or someone drops their coke? No, on you'd it or be the guy. Right? Who, you'd be the guy who has it in the binder or like has it in like the big like the the, the big yeah. I forget what it's called the plastic thing top loader. You'd yeah. have like a, a a stack of top loaders. Maybe you'd bring it in like a impenetrable cube. <laughs> And you'd be like, oh, I proxied it, obviously, but it's weird over here. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's a good argument, but I, I want to bring it up because I think it is yes. like the reserve list does play into that, just like the yeah. safety as far as card values. I think the other thing we didn't mention is like, these are probably the literal best cards in all of Magic to proxy. Like if you're playing Commander and you do want the power of original duels, these are like the most justifiable proxies because they're so ridiculously expensive. They're never going to get like super cheap because of the reserve list. So if you want to play a commander game and like you'd be really want the power of an underground sea for some reason, most people are going to be accepting of that these days, I would say. I mean, if you're in a, if you're playing CDH, every, everybody's decks are proxied anyway. They don't, you don't. Yeah. That's the only place where you like really want to have these. Right. And even like yeah. Richard said, like you don't need them, but like, Yeah. You want to have the shocks and the duels for your maximum consistency, you know? So, yeah. All right, Seth. Ooh, we we got right. the reserve list out of the way. Let's get reserve to the juicy list cards. Out of here. Okay, <laughs> Let's get we're... to the juicy cards. What do you have for us? <laughs> All right, we're, we're jumping into the world of Black Tutors here, and I actually cheated a little bit and added two cards because the argument's basically the same for both of them. Those cards are Imperial Seal and Grim Tutor. So Imperial Seal, one black mana, search your library for a card, shuffle, put it on top, you lose two life. Currently around $70. Grim Tutor, three mana, search your library for a card, put it in your hand, shuffle your library, you lose two life currently around 15 bucks it used to be more expensive so my argument for these cards is uh is actually pretty simple so in commander there's two tutors i think are very worth it if you want to be optimal and that's vampire tutor and demonic tutor those are both right around 30 dollars the imperial seal costs double either of those and it is definitely worse than either of those grim tutor is less than those by a bit but is certainly worse than those 
My feeling with black tutors is I think it's for me worth splurging on a demonic tutor or a vampiric tutor if I want to play a tutor. But if I'm getting to the point where I'm considering grim tutor or imperial seal, I would rather play a super cheap but almost as good diabolic tutor, diabolic intent, wishclaw talisman. There's a huge list of tutors that are like in the three to four mana range that are very budget friendly. And I think if you're like in casual commander, the difference between three mana for grim tutor and four mana for Diabolic Tutor is not super meaningful. And I think the Imperial Seal is just like actively a bad card unless you're some sort of combo deck where you're desperate to play like every single possible tutor to like find your combo pieces. But I think it's like actively not very good. It's sorcery speed and goes on top of your deck. So it's like a vampire tutor that isn't even instant speed, which is a pretty huge downgrade. So I don't think these tutors are, are ever really worth it. I mean, counter argument though to the Grim Tutors that what if you're a Fortnite fan? <laughs> well, okay, if you're if you're is trying to play a, a Fortnite Grim Tutor, there is crack the vault, crack well, the vault, yeah, the Fortnite secret layer Grim Tutor. So yes, if you're playing a Fortnite deck, there's an exception to to every rule. But outside of <laughs> being the I, I biggest mean, Fortnite fan, Grim Tutor is interesting because it's actually cheaper than the tutors you mentioned, right? Like the right. vampiric. It's, it's fifteen dollars. I don't find it that egregious, but Imperial but, Seal is seventy five dollars, okay. and it's. So here's the thing with Grim so Tutor, though. Here's let me let me present this to you, Richard. So you you want to play one tutor in your commander deck? Like, yeah. I don't think Grim Tutor is ever the answer. I think you either save up your money and get an actual good tutor, like Demonic Tutor or Vampiric Tutor, or you just go budget and you're like, I'm going to spend my money someplace else in my deck, and you get a Diabolic Tutor or something else that's essentially okay. free for okay. that slot. I like that argument. So go. Th- there's no point for this middle ground. You might as well go yeah. more premium, spend more money on the tutor. That's actually best in class and will never be replaced, you know, in the near term. Or just play the budget option and forget about it. Like, it's hard for me to ever envision wanting a Grim Tutor in my deck. I feel like it's just exactly worth its price. I don't know. It's literally (laughs) half the price of Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor. And I agree with Seth, too. Like, if if you only want to run two tutors in your deck, then I think it is worth just saving up the money and getting Vampiric Tutor and Demonic Tutor because they are just way better than Grim Tutor. But I think Grim Tutor is just way better than Diabolic Tutor. So if you want a third Tutor, I think it's just worth it. It's literally half the price. And it's like half as good. And it's like way better than Diabolic. 20 times the price of Diabolic Tutor. It might be yeah, half of think, Demonic Tutor, but it's 20 times Diabolic Tutor. I just won't run Diabolic Tutor. That's yeah. like almost like usually when you, whenever you tutor something up, you can't cast it that same turn. And it's just like awkward. At that, I cut I, it for my I, budget I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't run Diabolic either unless it was like a flavor thing. Or what's the five mana one? Dark uh, Petition. The, yeah, Dark Petition. That one that, at least gives me good. three mana. That one back. gives you your That, that refunds you three mana if you have Spell Mastery. That's like yeah. actually good. I actually would That's rather fine. play that, but I still think that, that Grim Tutor is solid tutor number three, right? Like, I, like a very, very solid number three tutor. And then I'd probably go Dark Petition. If it was like close to the price of demonic tutor than i'd say but it's like it's like half it's like exactly half like that's 15 bucks for 15 bucks for like the third best tutor in your deck that's a lot of money to spend on a throwaway slot i mean can we at least agree imperial seal is never worth it oh yeah is there any reason to ever spend 70 dollars on imperial seal God, like no. some CDH decks no. are typing furiously about it, but like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I like Seth's, Like, there's also the argument that you don't even need tutors in your deck. 
you can just save money, right? Yeah, like of course they're, not. They're, we're playing singleton format. It's more fun to get the randomness. And it is conceivable that you just cut Grim Tutor and put another on theme card in and call it a day. So you don't I do that quite often. actually need tutors at all, right? Like it's yeah, your deck gets better, but you don't actually need it. Your deck is just as fun without it. So there is an argument to just skip the tutors altogether, vampiric and uh, demonic yeah. as well. I'm on that train, obviously. Yeah. So, I usually play I, I mostly don't run yeah, I mostly don't run tutors either, but like, you know, if I'm if I'm doing some gimmicky thing, like I know Richard Lust is gimmicky things and like you need a tutor for to find your gimmick sometimes. Like if, you're goblin, if you're if you're if you're a goblin char char belcher deck or something like yeah. that, you gotta find the char belcher. So like there's always a but, and but if it's you're like twenty three, sometimes you pay fifteen dollars to get got by cop opposition agent, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes it's just better to run the random cards. So yeah. I mean, uh, since i I'm prepping for Vegas, I just got my opposition re- agent ready. <laughs> I've never put it into a deck before. I'm very prepping excited. for what? What are you worried about? <laughs> All the I'm random. I'm not worried for tutors. anything. Exactly. That, that, that's perfect for Crim Degonti <laughs> off of your deck. Perfect. Yeah. Then I. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tomer, hit us up with an expensive but not worth card. Okay. This this hurts my soul because this card is a casual favorite and it makes it to me and me very happy, but. In too many decks, I see it, and it's just not worth the price, I think. It's doubling season. I know. Downvote away. Uh, Doubling season. (laughs) Doubling season. Casual casual juggernaut. One of the staples of the format ever since its inception, really. Um, Five mana. Green enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many tokens instead. And if an effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, it puts twice that many counters on that permanent instead. And the reason why I don't like it is it's a really cool effect. It's very powerful in the in the right circumstances. But it's currently $42. And this is I I, I was tracking the price. At the beginning of the year, or it peaked at uh, earlier this year at $100. And then we got back-to-back reprints on it. We got it in Commander Masters. And then r- the next set afterwards, uh, Wilds of Eldraine, the Enchanting Tales, uh, is the latest reprint. And those back-to-back reprints dropped it down from $100 to 42 And I still think that's still too much money. The reason is is because this enchantment comes out very late. It telegraphs to your opponents that it must be dealt with. And a lot of the times, the, the fact that it's five mana, you usually have to like play it and then pass the turn. You really have to, you really have, to have like the next follow-up. If it stays put, it better do something huge for you. And if you're just jamming it, being like, oh, this is Anointed Procession or Parallel Lives number two... I think that's just not good. I think you really want this to be like in Super Friends, for example, where like, yes, if I drop my next Planeswalker, I'm literally going to win the game um, to justify its spot. And yeah, I, that's that's my big thing with it. It's still $42, and I think it's just not as good as people expect it to be in most situations. Uh, in many cases, if you're just using it for tokens, it's just parallel lives and knowing the persons are just better and they're cheaper. Um, like parallel lives is $26. Cost and mana cost. Yeah, they're both in cost and mana cost. Actually, and Anointed like, Procession is more expensive now than Double Oh, yeah, because it hasn't been Anointed is what? white. 
Yeah, it hasn't 40, been reprinted. $42 yeah. currently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Parallel Lives is 26 Um, Annoying Processions creeping up. These are just like, people love them. People just love them. But I feel like a lot of the times you're putting a target on your head and it's just not worth it. And it's definitely not worth it for $42. I mean, you're just simply better equivalents. To also, me, the reason- this is... Oh, go ahead, Krim. Well, no, no, no. I, just a quick, quick point on what, what you're saying, Seth. It's $42 for Anointed Procession, but, uh, and then $42 for Doubling Season, but why would you ever play Doubling Season that's not the goose with multiple heads and eggs? So, <laughs> but that, then I, you're paying like $1,000 yeah, because yeah, the so, weebs love it. Yeah, the weebs love it. So the, I, that's I the anime know. version. I don't, I, so Doubling Season is actually double the price to me. <laughs> it's, oh god it's funny to me because for me doubling season is the exact kind of expensive card that is worth the price because i view this as a card that has like a really unique effect there's there's one other the the biggest argument for me for it not being worth the price is actually primal vigor which is but almost everybody. doubling season except it doesn't work with planeswalkers and it impacts the entire table rather than uh rather than just you but it doubles tokens and counters on creatures that one's mm-hmm. down to five dollars thanks to enchanted tales but there's really nothing else that does what doubling season does and in the decks that play doubling season isn't it usually like the card you want to draw the most that just lets you do these ridiculous, crazy, super fun things. Like for me, if I'm going to spend a lot of money, I want to do something pretty like spectacular with the card. And for me, doubling season is just a card that like does really spectacular things. So I, I will pay because there's not a replacement and I want to do really cool things. And doubling season does that sometimes. It, uh, I'm in actually in Tomer's camp here where I, I, I think that this card is actually replaceable in a majority of decks. Uh, maybe, okay, well, Anointed Procession, I guess, now is more expensive, but, uh, the, the, this effect outside of a Planeswalker deck, like, if it's a token deck, if it's a, any of that stuff, I'd rather just have Parallel Lives and 1-1 counters, I don't know, I mean, I guess, like, this is fine, but is it $50 good, or $40 good? I don't, like, I, I don't think it is. Is it? Is it really worth I'm, I'm Camp Seth, because, so there are cards that do half of it. Just like you're like Teferi's Protection overrated, play Fog. You're like, uh, you forgot the other half, right? So there are <laughs> cards that will double tokens and there are cards that will double counters, but none that double both. So I like the longevity of this card. So if they were to print a better doubling season tomorrow, you would play both in your deck. But you, like, the answer is you'd play both, right? And then this goes into a lot of decks because it has both modes. So obviously decks that can take advantage of both modes is better, but it is your anointed procession. You know, if it's on color, you already own it, right? Like, you don't need to go mm. buy another one. So I I feel like this is one of those deck cards that you buy and it's kind of the linchpin of multiple decks and, like, it's kind of worth. So this is actually, if you're, like, a Timmy counter token kind of person, this to me feels like a safe buy to throw in your collection, knowing that it's so popular, it will never go out of style. You know, it's not like you're buying a stacks piece that's going to be soft banned tomorrow, right? Like, this is kind of the epitome of Commander. So, I actually kind of like this card. And maybe it gets a little cheaper, but they printed it twice already. Like, how much cheaper is it going to get? Um, I think... Are, are there a lot of decks that use both sides? Like, I can't think of a single well, one, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of decks that, like, you play a Planeswalker deck to double loyalty yes. counters, and your Planeswalkers make tokens. They're like, yeah. there's yeah, a lot of incidental synergies friends. where, like, they just, like, accidentally do it. But I think the, the other argument I would make again for buying Doubling Season is 
it's the best at what it does, right? Like there's, I don't think any of us are arguing it's not the best at what it does. And if you want to get one of the half a doubling seasons, it's not like you're paying $2 for them. Like the half a doubling season effects, we talked about anointed procession is more than doubling season. Parallel lives is still like 25, 26 bucks. Vorinclex is like 37 bucks. Mondrak was just printed. That's like 25 bucks. Like you're still going to spend a bunch of money. Isn't it worth it to scrape together an extra like 10 bucks and get the actual best in class? Probably going to go back to a hundred dollars compared to spending 25 or 30 dollars on like a half of the effect so yes because like i i just i'm not convinced that most decks that run doubling season actually utilize both sides of it because like super friends is the exception i believe and i'm looking at i'm looking like online at edh rec the mother goose actually does use both sides of that that's very cute uh but like then there's the doubling enchantments yenna only uses one side uh pure imaginative rascal only uses one side it's plus one plus one counter side uh rise of redeemed uses tokens only that one side um but so like most of the decks side though, right? the, so token huh? token decks use the doubling part but then they finish with plus one plus one counters which then double with the doubling season right so it doesn't any not token deck always sometimes? not necessarily I mean, but you put the gaviny township in your deck like you know you have like, like because you have the doubling season in there this and, is uh, available for you right i don't know i think uh-huh. i think we're underestimating just like how many synergies there because even if you look at like yana or something which seems like oh it uses one side when you actually look at cards that are played in yana it's like satessin champions and enchantress that gets counted Counters. You have uh, Calix is a enchantress effects that gets counters. So you just like accidentally are like getting additional value. If I All could right. pick up like if I could pick up parallel lives for like five bucks versus doubling season at 40 bucks, I would totally be like, OK, doubling season, whatever. I'll, I'll take the hit. Yeah, it's not always relevant. But since the price is like not that different to get the worst versions, it, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to buy the worst version for like ten dollars less. Like, I just don't know if it's worth it to save ten bucks. Doubling tokens is expensive, but plus one plus one counters, I believe, is not like hardened scales. Like those kind of effects aren't that expensive. Right. So if you're using it for the counter effect, then you probably have good budget alternatives. But if you're using it for the doubling tokens, people love doubling tokens. So it's expensive. So you're not getting much discount for that. It's also worth mentioning that like hardened scales is a single additional counter compared yeah. to double the number of counters. So it's it's not mm-hmm. quite the same. Well, I think there's, there's like, like the Hydra that doubles everybody's counters when it attacks. There's a lot of like in, like sorceries and stuff that just say like double all the counters. Deep glow skate. Stuff Deep like glow that. skate. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of ways of doing it. I think a lot of those ways are actually better because the, the main, main issue of doubling season is usually I see somebody play it. And then they pass, and then you just don't like, like the card. Like if it was a cheap card, you think it'd still be overrated, right? Because it's I think a five it's, yeah, mana it's, pass the turn and probably. I think it's die. overplayed. Yeah, I think it's super overplayed. I can see that argument. Yeah, oh, but it does such cool things. If you as a counter monocard, if you untap yeah. unscathed, you're popping I, off. But the table will but, not let you untap unscathed, right? But if you're I, like a plus one plus one counter deck and you play doubling season and you pass a turn like maybe some people are going to be really scared i'm not like i'd be much more scared of like a thousand other things like <laughs> and that's the problem is i think like people are just jamming it into anything that it's relevant and it's i i don't know it's like only it's only when you play it in super friends where i'm like okay this needs to go or else <laughs> next turn you win the game yeah. like that's yeah. the only yeah. time i'm like Oh no! Even if you All make right. more tokens, we, we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta give it to the audience to break our two two tie. Let us know. Sure. 
what you think about doubling season. If it's <laughs> if it's worth the price, uh, downvote away <laughs> at forty dollars. We'll see how Again, many green counters doubler players there are. Right, uh, Krim. Yo, what do you what do you have for us for an expensive card? Well, unfortunately, this doesn't have an anime art yet, but uh, it is Esper Sentinel. It's twenty six, maybe twenty seven dollars. Uh, and I, yeah, I get it. Like, can I name you another one drop Ristic buddy? No, but let me tell you something. White legitimately has so many ways to draw cards now, which is funny. Uh, and like for much cheaper, like if Takasia's welcome, which is like $4 and it probably plays well in this deck. I know that like, yeah, okay. This triggers off every spell, the first spell your each opponent will cast, but like this card to me just feels like most of the time, unless you're playing with Seth, uh, like you are going to just like people are just gonna pay the one, right? Like it's only one that they have to pay. So we have and stats late, on late, this day. Even a late game Esper Sentinel no. draws so many cards. It, yeah, but why yeah, but is stats that? of Seth? Yeah, that the problem is you got to remember. There's okay, no remove, way move. I I only I have one turn think, every turn cycle. There's no way I can completely <laughs> skew the stats on my own. As yeah, much you, as like, yeah, you, my could, and you yes. could. You easily could. You instant speed on an opponent's turn and still don't pay. So, like, legitimately True. though, I I think that White has lots of ways to draw, and just for twenty six dollars, this is just like I don't know. It's like not really that great. It's an art. It's a, in types that like get blown up pretty easily. Uh, I. I guess like the nice thing about it is that it's not offensive enough. Like Tomer isn't gonna go like tunnel vision on on a Ristic buddy, but he will on a Ristic study, right? But like, but like, I think that's the feature, I guess, of Esper Sentinel is that it can slide under the radar because otherwise it's just a one one. But like, I feel like this card is like abysmal in the late game. Like I, I, I after after like turn five, which most casual games will go to, this card feels abysmal. And I would rather just play something that. Let, let's just say I am more likely to control the triggers of like like Takasia's Welcome or or even even Richards. Actually, I'm not even gonna play ra- Rendezvous, but like not, not even not even Rendezvous, but like but like like yeah, like there's 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 just other ways that you can trigger card draw and more consistently and have more control over. And this one, I, 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 I got to step in and defend Esper Sentinel. This is like one of the first cards I would buy for my collection because why. It goes into literally every deck, any deck, and it's good on top of the decks where it's like actually good, right? So if you're playing a human deck or if you're playing like a weenie deck, I, like it triggers Takaja's welcome. It triggers it, right? If you play equipment, you suit it up and no one is paying now. You don't have to, you don't have to ask Seth. He's not paying like three yeah, for every spell. More. Right? There's, there's just so many synergies. It, it synergizes with artifact decks. Uh, and sure. like as a one drop, what more do you want, right? It, it comes down, it draws like two or three cards. You know, people have to remove it, or you run away at the game, or they have to like tax themselves. And because it goes in every deck, like if it was very situational, I can see you know maybe you could just play like Secret Rendezvous and call it a day. But I would take Esper Sentinel over Secret Rendezvous if I start a white deck, right? Like, it, wait, it, there's just so many accidental synergies that you can get with this card. Regardless of what you're playing, I think it literally goes in every deck from a white weenie to a five color insert. It would not go in a white weenie deck. It would go in a humans deck, sure. Like it's great. It would not go white weenie. It triggers. You would not play it in a generic white deck. Oh no, no, no. Like, like seriously, like, like I'm not saying this card is bad and like not playable because that's. I think that's the difference. I think it's average. It's fine. But I, 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 
I think it's fine. It's just I don't think it's worth twenty six bucks, twenty seven bucks. It's it's a That's, weenie and it's white and it like divinates on the way down. Like. Artifacts, right? Let's you're an artifact deck. It, let's let's not lie here. Okay, artifact decks don't need to worry about card draw or somehow breaking. <laughs> because of this they, card, this card not helps. because of this card. This card is not why that it this. Our Esper Sentinel is not why artifact decks are broken, <laughs> and you know that. So it helps. Like, artifact decks no, aren't broken. Does, I, artifact I don't like this artifact. Don't standard. even don't even notice. Oh, did I lose my Sentinel? Whatever. I'm still comboing. Do you have anything to do or no? Like the point here is <laughs> Who like, like artifact decks actually. Uh, um, and then yeah, like in 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 a white weenie deck, like again, you just have more strategy, like more cards that can just probably be more beneficial. Uh, like this is solid in a, a human deck or like yeah maybe a Voltron deck because you can beef it up but at that point like that's only just a few decks and like it's not a bad card it's just not $27 good right, I just don't think it's $27 it. so, okay. good let's say you can set the say, price at which it's worth at the price that I would say it's worth if it were like Rhystic Study and triggered on every spell I would pay $27 for sure uh, but like if, it, if it's just at once on the first spell of each turn yep. $10 card $10 Okay. $10. So, I, I would buy this for $10. I, I'm mostly with Richard in that I think this card's very worth it. Although I will say, as they keep printing more white card draw, I think it's a card that might be less necessary in the future because Wizards, like, set by set is just adding more and more card advantage. So I think this is, like, the best white card advantage spell and you can play in any deck so for me right now it's worth it even though it's expensive. But I do think, like, if we check back in a couple of years or five years, It'll still be fine, but I think you could, you'll probably have better budget options in the future for your card advantage slots where you won't really have to have Esper Sentinel, even though I still think this will probably be one of the best ones. I mean, is it, is it, do you, so you believe that it is so good that it's just so good that you would I mean, pay an absurdly high price for it? Because I just already don't feel like it's worth its price tag. It's so, so I'm kind of in the pricey. like, uh, so I think we just view its power level a little differently because I'm kind of in the like, I'll jam this in a random five color deck and just call it card advantage. Like I don't, Oof. it doesn't have to be humans or soldiers or like, I, I think I view it as a card that you can just jam in any deck and get value out of. Because just like the stats we've seen, like it, even in the late game, it draws more cards than one man is worth. So I just like, I'm convinced statistically that any deck benefits from playing this. We need a non-Seth uh seth month seth season and and see the stats okay, did, we, we did we did one card a turn no, Tomer, what's we, your opinion on this card we did that and <laughs> phil didn't draw a single card yeah that, that was one it. time it looked bad right yeah. all the other times it popped off so well it also slows like worst case like this is the same thing with first study oh, like the, the, the floor argument. of it <laughs> no the floor of it is no it's not the argument part it's the uh, the floor of it is that you're slowing down your opponents like there's sometimes where you put you play like an esper sentinel and then my turn two play was going to be an arcane signet or something and then i say no i'm going to play my arcane signet on turn three and that puts like my game plan like you do a that? full turn behind yeah <laughs> that's yeah. an option yeah, i didn't even know that was a, a possibility piece, right in the worst case yeah. is what tomer is yeah. saying but it, i mean it was effective like it slows down everybody else's yeah. game plan the way I, I approach both cards is i just tell the table like hey if everybody pays the one i don't care the excuse as long as you pay the one i will pay the one and that's my offer and then as soon as somebody breaks that i don't care what the reason is then I then I start stop paying it as well. That's that's how. It, but but anyway, the point is, I think this card is very good. I have definitely built decks that don't run it because on budget because it's twenty six dollars. But like, if 
I, I think it is worth it in most like white heavy decks. I don't. I wouldn't put it in a five color deck, um, but like I have it in my equipment deck, for example. And anytime I slide like a sword on it, then you're not going to pay the three ever. So that's really awesome, and it holds it really nicely. Um, I have it in my Selenia deck, which is white black. Um, not to pump it; it's just good. And I can grab it with the Ranger of Eos and stuff. So, but yeah, it's replaceable. It's like twenty six dollars is a bit obscene, and I think it is going to get worse over time. It's not; it's going to have more competition over time, so it's easier to replace. I will say it depends how Richard like you are. If you think Secret Rendezvous, Coveted Jewel, <laughs> your temple's <laughs> under attack, like those cards are unplayable, then Esper Sentinel stock goes way up, right? Because like, what are you what are you drawing cards with at this point? Tokasia's Welcome, while Esper Sentinel synergizes with that, right? Like Welcoming Vampire, like. But if you are okay with like secret rendezvous and stuff like that, then Esper mm-hmm. Sentinel is less necessary, right? So it depends Wait. on where you are with what White is doing. How does this? How to like? Hold on, I don't. I don't think just be. This doesn't take away. Like I, I appreciate Takeshi's welcome. I appreciate welcoming Vampire, and I think these are mm-hmm. much better priced and way more like worth their value. Like in because like I, example, I I can control that, right? Like I can control that. Yes, like yeah, I if you're looking to draw, draw cards off it, then those are going to objectively be better because, like, if the table rallies against paying the one, or if rallies to pay the one, then it's not going to be drawn cards. It's going to be stacking, and like I remember, I remember Phil's response to it is like, if it's just a stack piece, I'm not going to run it in my deck, which is valid. <laughs> but we know how the um, real community. We know that <laughs> like, we know how this actually works in reality. Often. Rhystic Study <laughs> is a Rhystic great Study's card. It is not for. a three man Thalia. Okay, it is a great draw engine. Right, that's how it works in reality. The last living in Wizards <laughs> idealized world of slivers and shrines no, being the top decks in historic. Right now, like everyone is People pay for it all the time, and it's only it is one. true. I went to conventions, and everybody like all I said is like, if everybody pays for it, I'll pay for it. We all agreed. Yep. The study didn't draw a single card. Like that's just how it is. Well, it's even easier with this because it's only once, right? Like, so it, I, that, yeah, I, I don't know, Krim. I, I agree with you. If that is the world we live in, that everyone pays, this card is not good. But I, I do not believe that is the world we live in. <laughs> I just think uh, like you want to have the welcoming vampire to Okasia's, uh welcome and this. That's the problem. Yeah. I was like, like I that want package a goes more. with this usually, right? Yeah. As sure. soon as we get more card draw, then I'll be like, all right, this one gets less and less worth it. Do yeah. not do not mistake this for me thinking the card is garbage. I don't think it's garbage. Yeah. I think it's a little overrated though. But like, yeah, I do yeah. think it's like it's fine. But like yeah. Takasia welcome, like welcoming vampire. Those are like way better for the price. So I don't know. I just think those are just the bigger bang for your buck. And because you can probably get all like the three or the other, the rest of the card advantage engine of your deck for mm-hmm. the price of this Sentinel. Yep. All right. Uh, next up. Oh, no. It's me, Richard. And I have brought to you your Cyclonic boy. Rift. Okay. Clocking me at $26. <laughs> and I don't even okay. want to argue with you guys about price. Okay. I think okay. even if this was a $5 card, this is not a good card. Richard, stop. I, I actually do not like this card, let alone dropping $30. There's one home stop. for this card, and it's like Drago no. decks. No. No. Most no. other decks no. cannot stop. win with a Cyclonic Rift, oh, and I see time Richard. and time again, <laughs> Richard, it bounces stop. the board. 
And then everyone just redeploys and murders you because Richard. like you need to bounce the board and win. Richard, but if you're going to do that, to just play time walkers, walk, right? Just We're play like the one card the like circus of clowns, Richard. We're going to get dubbed as a circus of clowns right now. Richard, Richard I hear the on, comment Richard. section right now. It's like Richard always the has keyboards. the most clickbait. This is not a hot take. Check my blue decks. It is a hot take, Richard. No. It is a hot take. It is a hot take, but I actually believe it. No, no, it's you guys don't see penny. how people like play Rift and like it doesn't do what they want most of the time. Like it just like sits there and is like two mana bounce that is not you know good. You hold up seven mana, everyone murders you because they know you're holding Rift. And if you manage to Rift, they're like, okay, we'll take a turn off, deploy all our mana rocks, and then kill you. Like, you need a rift and then win immediately. But you could have just played a finisher to do that, right? Like, you could have played a time walk or something. Like, oh, you got a time walk a on this budget episode? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no one's with me. You think Cyclonic is the greatest thing ever? Not only really am I not with you, That's I'm like, reevaluating swords to plowshares <laughs> and secret rendezvous <laughs> based on this take. Now I'm wondering if I'm on the wrong team. <laughs> is, are, are you guys all like Rift is the so like first card in your deck is Cyclonic Rift when you play blue? What is so, the first thing you think of when you think of blue in Commander? And, I think yeah, it is Cyclonic, Cyclonic Rift. Well, and Mana Drain, but yeah. Sure, three counters sure. in Cyclonic Rift, pretty much. Yeah. <sighs> I, like, so I can see the credibility of our podcast. I can, see the argument. <laughs> I can see the argument that, like, I leave this out of my deck sometimes because I don't like the card. The same reason I leave Fierce Guardianship out of my decks because I just don't really like how it plays out sometimes. But I think on power level, I can't see any argument for it being like, yes, it's really expensive. But what are your other options? Like you're dropping down to Evacuate or something. And the power level difference is like Cyclonic Rift's like super S tier and then Evacuate's like C minus or something. Like there's a huge drop to the next best thing, right? You did, you did skip over Consuming Tides, but... That's I've, so I've made, like, hundreds of budget blue decks that cannot afford Cyclonic Rift. I've run the Consuming Tides. I love Consuming Tide. I've run Flood of Tears, Evacuation, all Engulf the Shore, like, every single board wipe, you name it. Also, the colorless options like Oblivion Stone and all that stuff. I can tell you with a sure sure fact that Cyclonic Rift is just way better than all of them. And I would if I if I could run it in my $50 deck, I would. This card is bananas. I will run it in basically any two color deck that's in blue. Like obviously I would. Three if color decks that are in blue. blue. All color decks. If I'm just yeah, in blue. Yeah, pretty right? much pretty yeah. much any deck. All any deck. Yeah, Any deck, blue. it makes sense. Like, I, I, I won't in my personal decks because I stick to themes. Like, I just like themes, you know? Like, I'll try to stick for thematic board wipes and stuff. But, like, yeah, Cyclonic Rift is probably better than most, most of the options that I put there. Because it's just so good. Like, it's this so is definitely bananas. worth its price, I think. Right now, more than ever. It's currently it is $26. Cheap. It is yeah. down a bit from Commander yeah. Masters, yeah. It got, it got a reprint of Commander Masters. It's... it's the the fact that it's instant speed is like the the, the major like it is like if you wanted your fog you know something like that, or you crack it uh, <laughs> if board wipes so like if you have a lethal army and they have blockers you just bounce their their board and you can swing for lethal it puts everybody it like time walks every single opponent as they have and, to redeploy it makes them discard down the hand like size one person right. <laughs> 
My boy and Richard out here arguing for, for obscuring Haze. You guys win. Cyclonic Rift is worth it. I need to work harder. I, I, I have I, whittled Seth down over the years. Source yeah. of Plowshares, Secret Rendezvous, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Fog. Destroyed no, the, 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 the next step is Cyclonic Rift. That's the line. Cyclonic Rift. You went too far. I've seen it do nothing too many times. And we don't play it that much in our group anymore. I don't because of like time reasons. That's like a different reason, right? Like because it bounces the board everyone redeploys but if you guys were correct and that it actually ended games we would see it more right but no but everyone redeploys and the game drags on for another two hours oh it's annoying (laughs) that's for sure it is annoying you guys win you guys win okay cyclonic rift it's worth the price may not immediately end the game right after you cast it by the way but you can definitely feel the momentum shift right like there is now a new swing in the game into arch enemy where you will then start dying because you've only dealt with one person Sure. It's but. so good that if we did a podcast on expensive cards that are worth the price, the first <laughs> card I would say is Cyclonic yeah. Rift. Whoa, really? Whoa. Doubling season. <laughs> Doubling <laughs> season. Actually, I'd say probably like Fierce Guardians. No, I would definitely say Cyclonic Rift 100%. Rift is, is like half the price, too. So, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I don't, why don't you guys ever play it? We, we need to play it more. I right? play it. I just don't draw it. <laughs> you never have seven mana to cast it without knocking <laughs> it. I never get to seven oh, mana. Oh, but I do. Krim, you know Krim that last episode. I literally have 30 <laughs> mana. Yeah. Krim has it every day. All right. I just Seth, like theme cards. So, Seth, hit us up. Hit us up with the I got a. I got a card that is really, really not even a little bit close to being worth it. Maybe if you're playing CDH, but otherwise, and that is a Jeweled Lotus. So Jeweled Lotus is a Black Lotus, but only if you're a commander. Zero mana, artifact, tap it, sag it. Three mana can only spend it on your commander. And this is a card that, yes, it does do something that's powerful, which is potentially let you ramp out your commander earlier in the game. But I don't think that's actually as good as you think it is. So it costs $100, which is a massive amount of money. It's one of the most expensive non-reserve list cards in the entire commander format. It is a very, very top end of the price scale. And then if you do actually live the dream and cast your commander early, I'm not sure that necessarily leads to you winning the game because you're definitely going to immediately become the arch enemy, especially if you're playing in a casual table. And if you can't close out the game right away, we've seen Richard, the classic like jeweled Lotus out my commander before we landed on commander clash only to get path or swords or whatever. And like you're the you're the enemy for the rest of the game. So I would not in any deck want to spend $100 on a jeweled Lotus. If I was playing CDH, yes, that would be different. But for playing casual, I don't, I think you could spend your $100 on many, many other cards that would be way more beneficial and probably increase your win rate. Like Cyclonic Rift. Like Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> it's down to 75 Jeweled Lotus is currently priced at 75 bucks. Oh, is it less than I? Yeah, Commander okay. Masters 70, brought it down. Uh, okay. Well, I, same argument. Even at 75 bucks, I still am not going to buy. <laughs> I, I, the only reason why I would say don't spend the money on Jewel Lotus is it's so strong that most most casual tables, if you br- bring that out, they'll give you the stink eye. Like they'll be like, "All right, come on, you really want to win that bad? Come on." Um, like in CDH, it's fine, but like, yeah, if you do your, like in a format of com- of called Commander, where your entire deck is usually built around your commander being on the battlefield, having your commander come out. Three turns before it's supposed to is actually is actually that strong. It's like bananas how good this card is. But yeah, like 
I, I would only agree not to spend money on it because it is too try hard and casual. <laughs> like, just leave this out. I'm Most gonna, people are not going to be doing it due to price. I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie to you, though. I, I will say that I don't I think it's fine and casual if you play it in your like nine mana Miojin deck and you really need to get that Miojin out a few turns early. I what, think about it's my, fine. what about my six I, mana Nimizic? Can I play it in my six mana? No, Nimizic not in that deck. deck. That deck is yeah. that is the sweatiest deck I have ever <laughs> played. With. So, uh, but yeah, like I, I genuinely think like if you're playing like a Drakaseth deck or some kind of absurd eight, seven plus six plus mana deck that isn't Nimizic, I think it's actually really, really fine, fine there. But yeah, I don't think it's worth the price. <laughs> but if you're getting your like commander out on turn one, like just no. Just but do you do you really want to spend hundred or seventy five bucks on Miojin or whatever? Like that that seems like the the worst thing to do. If I'm building Miojin, do I really want to put that card in that deck? Yeah, why well, wouldn't you? You want you want to see Miojin, right? <laughs> I know, I know you all don't take expensive. me seriously after Psychrift, but you don't want to power... Like, most people play this card wrong. What they do is they power out their commander, maybe slap a boots on it, and hope they untap, right? And then you instantly become Arch Enemy, and you'll get, like, swept away or, or something. Like, people will deal with it quite easily. What you really want to do is, like, hold till you have, like, six mana or something, drop the Jewel Lotus, drop your commander, combo win, and, like, that's the end of the game. Most people do yep. not play like that, right? If you, like, you don't want to just power out your commander for no reason. It exposes it to board wipes, removal, sacrifice. Like, there's all kinds of things, even if you think you've protected your commander. So I, I don't like how people play the card normally. $75 is a lot. You can play a lesser Jewel Lotus that people are not thrilled about. Do you play Dark Ritual? Do you play Seething Song? Do you play, like, these fast mana spells to power out your commander? Most people yes. do not. Right, and it's just a lesser lotus. Right, a, a, a lotus nets three mana, whereas the rituals net two mana. But people don't play those, but then they're all super excited about jewel lotus for some reason because it has the name lotus in it. So I don't know. I, I do think it's overhyped. I think only a few specific decks would need it, and even in those decks, like you wouldn't. It's like not worth seventy five dollars. Like oh, if, if you're playing all rituals and seeding songs, and you're like, yeah, you know, we we need this. I'm like, okay. I, I get you, right? You're playing like LED for some reason to like get it out. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, you need this, right? But most people I think are doing it wrong. They get their commander out early, it gets killed, and they're like, oh, I can't cast my commander ever again, right? And then like, that's that, right? So, yeah. I, I think if you have like a value, com- if you have an engine commander, getting it out three turns early is definitely worth it. Even getting the ire of the table, because if they don't have the answer, if a lot of people don't believe in like swords to plowshares or whatever, then no, you have Richard like a couple turns. Yeah, but I believe in our revelation <laughs> to get around yeah, your boots still... and your protection spell and the farewell sure. to cut right through it, right? Like there, sure. There are but ways you to get, get like, rid of your protection as well, right? I don't know. I, I see who's running Jeweled Lotus uh, in EDH Rec, and it's all just CDH decks. It's just CDH yeah. decks. I mean, CDH yeah. it makes sense, right? And yeah. also, I think dark, the difference between a Dark Ritual and Jewel Lotus is not underrated. Like, three mana, two net two mana versus net three mana, and any colors, not just black. Yeah. Outside uh, black. Is isn't, wait, isn't Dark Ritual just way better? Because you can spend it on your other 99 cards instead of just a single card that you may or may not even want to be playing on. This is one more mana, though. <laughs> it's one more mana, and if the, the point of your deck is to get your commander out and keep your commander on the battlefield, then Jewel Lotus is just way better. Like the you, only you, point you can also Jewel recur is, Jewel Lotus as well. I mean, we're talking yes. CDH territory, right? But it, you can yes. also recur it as well. But like, and so it, many decks are all about your commander. So, like, yeah, I don't know. 
I 75 think bucks. That's so much money. It's, it's, it's over. I would never spend it for a casual deck. I would never spend that money for a casual deck. CDH, yeah, sure. But like, if I saw it, I would be like raising my eyebrow a little bit. <laughs> All right, Tomer, hit us up. Oh, okay. So card. this is this is an easy one. Um, it's a classic. Everybody loves it. It's the black version of Wrath of God. It's Damnation. And it's 18 bucks. <laughs> it's four mana, two double black sorcery, destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. It's just it's just time, it's color shifted, wrath of God. And this card is really sweet. Um there I remember long ago there was like memes about it finally getting reprinted. It like took years and years for it to get a single reprint. And the card was super expensive. But these days, like Toxic Deluges, I think it's like 12 bucks, and it's three mana, and like you lose a little bit of life. Uh, to cast it, but it costs one less mana to do it, and it's a little bit easier to cast as well. Um, there's just a lot of options these days. There's more and more board wipes, and I think Damnation, just four mana, wrap the board, destroy all creatures, is just like, it's it's still fine. It's still a good card, but like, I don't know, you could just you could just I, run other board wipes. And I gotta ask you, thing. in Mono Black though, so Toxic Deluge number one, Yes, what actually is somewhat good for a mono black deck beyond toxic deluge and then discounting damnation for now because i was actually looking through this and i was like (laughs) i was actually shocked at how bad black is at wrathing like they have a lot of situational wraths like if i have a bunch of swamps i can mutilate if you have a bunch of small creatures i can ritualize it or something Uh, Mm -hmm. i guess you got crux of fate is probably the next best one that's destroy all dragons or non-dragons uh at five mana and then you got some six and seven and eight mana options. But I actually like I was surprised. I actually came away from researching this feeling like damnation. I was ready to agree. My initial impulse was, yes, yeah, it's probably overrated to play another wrath. And then when I looked through the list of wraths, I was like, wow, I actually think I need damnation in my mono black decks because the other options beyond toxic deluge are like kind of oh, meh. I'll give you exactly. so decree of pain, uh, mutilate, meatball massacre. Uh, well, the one that has like snow permanence, so you can play snowlands, but that's kind of like the snow. snow. Yeah, and then and then you go to the five mana rats, crux of fate, right? But then you go to the colorless rats. You got boom pile, Navinral's disc, <laughs> oblivion stone, Ugin. Boom pile. You you Ugin scoff, but like these rat, like mutilate has a purpose, right? It's minus X minus X that removes indestructible things, right? Like Ugin exiles things, right? Like sure. boom pile removes non creatures, right? It's not like a strict upgrade. Like I feel, but boom we haven't seen a damnation. Sure Has Krim snapped the damnation yeah, off? I've He's damnation, the only one that plays yeah. this card. No one this else plays so this card. Good. I play damnation. I mean, so toxic good. deluge damnation one and yeah. two for my black rats. So when I'm going for black rats, um, if I'm mono black, because like if we're if we're going multicolor, then there's a lot of a lot of options. Right. But if I'm mono black, then instead of damnation, which is eighteen dollars i could go just like a mutilate which will still get the job done basically most will, of the time it, in mono black in mono yeah. black will it, it though what about extinction event that's another one that i i like four mana choose like otter that. even exile each creature with mana value of the chosen value okay that's and like then oblivion rat, stone though. if i'm mono black i always run oblivion stone because it gets rid of artifacts and enchantments as well so seven total mana seven yeah. total mana but it's it gets, eight, right? it gets rid it's of five, problems <laughs> Oh, is it oh, five? Yeah, it's oh, eight yeah, total mana. Yeah. It's eight total, but it gets rid of artifacts and enchantments, yes. which Black doesn't actually have access yep. to on a mass scale. Yep. Um, so yeah, but and like, then the Decree of Pain is quite fun too. Yeah, it's more expensive, but it draws you a lot of cards. 
But this and is just Croxophate a clean, like, unconditional wrath, though. Yeah, but you guys just like Croxophate. But you never play. No, like, no, it's not. If you play white, you never play player, Wrath of right? God. You're like, this is so mid, right? Like, you never play Wrath of God. So sure. when you're in black, if I'm faced with this choice of playing this super mediocre card, I would just be like, nah, play, play another tutor or threat or something, right? Like before I start going to this like super mediocre card, like if you but can't course, find another really? wrath, hold on, game. Richard, no, so you're no, only no, gonna play no, one no. wrath in your black. No, I play, I play, I like the other wraths. Like I, I like the uh, the colorless ones, right? But if I was playing blue, for example, and there's all mid wraths, I don't start playing them. I just be like. Here's a time walk or something, right? Like here, here's another offensive spell, or here's another card draw spell, and we'll just like I, ignore this I rather than playing I this know. mediocre card. But like we play That's, Azuri's, like the context matters though, because in green we're like hyped to play Azuri's predation, which is like a pitiful way to sweep the board, like eight mana and it you doesn't you get even four kill fours out of it. You don't just but sweep the board; <laughs> you get giant creatures, right? <laughs> But, like, that's because it's green, and green isn't good at it. Like, I think you can't evaluate Damnation compared to, like, Farewells white. and Austere yeah, yeah, Commands. Just, yeah. Like, white's the best at it. So I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, because it's not as good as the white Wrath, it's bad. So y'all it's, Damnation? I, have, I swear I've never dude, seen you cast yeah, Damnation this outside of Crim. straight up disrespectful <laughs> that you would even say this right now to Damnation. <laughs> I know Tolver, just, maybe it's Tolver's budget, but, like, I, I, we rarely ever see this card. Like, very rarely. true. I don't know. Yeah, like, I just casted it like like not that long ago. <laughs> like if I'm mono black, Toxic Deluge is cheaper and I think just more effective. And then I go Oblivion Stone because it gets rid of artifacts and enchantments. And then probably like the Extinction Event would be pretty fun for me too. And then like a Decree of Pain. Okay, okay. Now, Seth, you're I in think mono black. Wars. That's horrible. You you play Toxic Deluge. Do you yeah, put a tutor that. in your deck as your next <laughs> as as your next Wrath, or do you play Damnation? What? So you put normally, the if I'm if I'm building mono black, it's normally yeah. toxic deluge in the deck, damnation in the deck, and I've kind of come back around on degree pain a little bit as number three, just because I like drawing cards. I dropped it for a while, but it's come it's come back. So those are usually the three wraths that I'm going to play in my black decks. I usually do like yeah, toxic deluge, damnation, decree, and then now meat hook massacre. Uh, I actually think. The- ooh. I would argue that's not worth the price. If we want to talk a black wrath, but it's not Ooh, worth the price, me, me, I would say like forty dollar right ish. Like forty bucks. It is. It is over. Yeah. It is overpriced as heck. That I, one. I, that one I could get behind being not worth <laughs> the price. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is definitely pricey, but I do like that the enchantment sits around. But yeah, like yeah, I would play those and then like Ugin, right? Like Ugin's obviously very good. Ugin's absurdly good. Uh, no question there. But dude. Damnation, not even number two. Damnation is just locked at number two. It's unconditional. <laughs> it answers everything, and it's so That's, cheap. It's so efficient. And it's, it's like colors. being the number two blue sweeper. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, hey, it's so dude. bad. <laughs> I guess Yo, you have a high tolerance more than one for moon piles and so forth. Like, I can see how Richard would value it less than I would, because I don't play boom pile or Nev's Disc or whatever, Oblivion Stone, typically. So yeah, if you have a high Richard, tolerance for those cards, and maybe it's less necessary. But <laughs> Richard's philosophy is to not be the one that answers the board. It's the, rather to ask more questions, right? Well, my philosophy <laughs> so, is to answer the entire board at once. Like, I, I don't like creature-only rats. do? No, 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 no. Because you can remove artifacts, enchantments, planeswalk. You can remove the whole thing. Boomile so is like, I would go colorless. Like 50 I would go yeah. colorless yeah. before this. I'm sorry, Richard. I, I like the sure thing. I'm not going to sit there on a boom pile and pray <laughs> No, you sit on Ugin. You like sit on Oblivion Ugin Stone, right? If, like you're, if you have a lower eight, risk tolerance. Ugin's eight mana. 
And also, Oblivion Stone, if I just play it out, it's going to get blown up. No, no, you got to do it the same turn. You can't just got put it mana. out and hope you tap with it. <laughs> yeah, it's an eight mana card. Yeah. Dude, I, that's the same. It's like, well, I'll just Okay, so what's the conclusion then? We like Damnation or we don't like Damnation? I, I'm I, not I sure where we end it. I think we're split. split I'm with yeah. Grim and I like Vote it. Again. I think <laughs> Damnation, so, not, Damnation not, is, is worth it. It is worth the price. Is worth it. Tomer? It's not worth it. Krim says worth. I say not worth. So we're split worth. again. We got. We got to go. GPT. We need chat GPT no. full time on this podcast. There's just <laughs> too much, too much disagreement. Okay, Krim, <laughs> hit us up with the card. Okay, very easily. Uh, it's Force of Negation. I think this card is absurdly expensive for forty five dollars. Now, yeah, again, CDH players, calm down. Uh, like, like the 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 whole casual side of Magic. Like, there's no reason. That I need to two for one myself. Uh, and also only non-creature spells. Right? If I'm going to play a free counter spell, I'm already doing this like two for one. I'm going to play Force of Will instead. Like, and not on it, your turn. Yeah, the not on your turn and only non-creature. Right? Like, so it's kind of narrow for $45. It, it, it's just that simple. It's too narrow for $45. It's a free counter spell. I get it. But like... It's just because it's a free counter spell doesn't mean it's good. There's not much that you're doing like in casual where like if you're trying to push combo through, this doesn't help with that. I mean, we just did the free spell ranking a couple podcasts ago, and this definitely was not like one of the finalists. Like Force of Will, Fierce Guardianship. It's a fine card, but I think Krim's very right on this. It's very inflated because it's a modern staple where it is like very necessary to make modern work. So I think you're paying a really big tax. If this was not modern legal, it would probably be like, I don't know, half $10. of its current price or something. Yeah, yeah, it would be way, way less. So I think you're paying a big tax because of modern on this one. And I would rather a fierce guardianship is cheaper than this now. And it's way better in commander force of will is more flexible, but a little more expensive. Or you can just like play a counter spell and like not spend a bunch of money on your counter spell slot at all. If you want Arcane to, if you're denial. going budget misdirection, so. Mister, Yeah, there's there's a bunch of sure. no, yeah. no. Yeah. I was saying something Clip reasonable. So I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, I agree but, with Krim overrated. Of all, of all the cards that we've listed so far, this is the only one that I would say, even if I wasn't on, an, on a budget, I would not run it in any casual deck. Me. Yeah, I think that's actually true. That might be too much. If it was free, <laughs> I think it has a serious yeah. spot in your Meh. deck. It's not like an auto start your deck with it, but it still is a three mana counter spell. That's right? true. You can still, you can still pay for it, right? Three but, mana negate. Yeah, yeah, negate. But you can play like Swan Song. What's the Capenna one that that's also oh, similar? Offer you can't oh. refuse. Is offer you, you can't refuse. refuse. There's a lot cheaper effects. You can even play Power Spell, Pact of Negation. I like it more too. It's, it's still ten bucks or something, but it's cheaper than this. Misdirection, Misdirection. literal, literal negate. Like I, I feel if you just play literal negate, like ninety percent of the time it does the same thing, right? Like yeah, because you can't force do your combo. Like it, 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 this is slightly worse off, right? It's just to protect yourself, so. Yeah. Oh, we finally agreed on something. Thank we goodness. We all agreed. It took a while. Krim, uh, the blue mage of all, had to bring us together <laughs> yeah. with Force of Negation. Yeah. Also okay. me, the blue mage, bringing up Force of Negation. <laughs> oh, I got a good one. Sylvan Library. Okay. It's a $20 card. Uh, $21. It's two mana enchantment. It's a green card. It's the beginning of your draw step. You may draw two additional cards. If you do, choose two cards in your hand. Draw on this turn. For each of those cards, pay four life or put the card 
uh, on top of your library. So a little top deck manipulation, four life per card. You can draw two more. That's eight. We used to go ham on this card back in the day. Like everyone would just play Sylvan mm-hmm. Library, pay eight, draw two. I feel green card draw has gotten a lot stronger in the past few years. We don't need to lie on Sylvan Library. Like that eight life is meaningful. Like if you do it once, okay, sure. But you just cycled. You do it two, three times. That's a meaningful, you know, uh, knock against your life total. I feel we don't need this card anymore. It's certainly not for $21, but green has like Toski effects, the go wide draw. It has the go big card draw based on power, uh, harmonize. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's worth $20. I don't play it anymore. Seth, you pay a lot of life for good? cards. Do you? Do yeah, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, to me, this is like a very boomerish card. Like, this is a card that. 10 years ago was like one of the best green cards that I played in every single deck. I loved it. Pay the life. But we've just gotten like green has gotten so powered up with card advantage over the last few years that now I almost never put this in any deck. I actually have a a food deck uh, with like the some of the Lord of the Rings stuff that I was like going back and forth. I have a copy of Sylvan Library and paper and I was like, should I play this in the food deck? And I was actually debating it. And if any deck would be perfect for it, it's like this food deck that's gaining all this life. And even there, I was kind of like, eh, I don't even know if I want it. So yeah, I think this is just like a boomer card that people still play because they remember it being good a while ago when there's just better options now. I don't even know if this card's really good anymore. Although it is good with fetch lands. Like it, you can avoid the life payment and do the brainstorm fetch land trick sort of. So I guess that's kind of nice to change the top of your library. But really, I think it's uh, not worth 20 bucks. Green also has the good. cards that like you can play creatures off the top of your deck or something. So there's like top deck manipulation yeah. synergies. But, you know, a lot of people just play this as Augur of Autumn. Draw. And, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I don't know. I still think like if it was a dirt cheap card, I'd still probably jam it in a bunch of decks because I don't know. Whenever I see Sylvan Library in my hand, I'm happy to see it like you like turn two. If I don't have a ramp, like a rampant growth or something, I just jam a Sylvan Library and I kind of feel confident that if I need to draw a land or something, then I get to dig three cards in and see if I find the land drop or if I don't want to hit a land, then I can like just put that card that was going to be a land into something else. Like, I don't know. It's it's nice and then if i don't need life then i'm just gonna pay well i'm just gonna draw two cards every single turn <laughs> yeah, i'm not a coward <laughs> like it's it's for two mana it's still just good but it's just yeah it doesn't it's not something that, one of those things that feels as essential as it did like many years ago but like i don't know it's for two mana it just seems still like good value but like 20 20 value i don't know i i think this still this still holds up I think this still holds up. It's not, you may not need it anymore like you once did. Like it wasn't the only card advantage engine, but for two mana, $20, sure thing here. This is a sure kind of thing. Like I can at least get additional cards if I want to. I, I think I still like it. Uh, I, I see it trending downwards, sure. But like as of right now in the current year, I think it's still pretty solid. But for six more dollars, I, you get Esper Sentinel, and that's not worth it. <laughs> Your threshold is I, right about 20 bucks, because, right? No, well, no, because this guarantees me the draw, right? Like, yeah, that's I am true. Go, like, like, the difference here is it's Esper Sentinel's on a body, and on, like, this is on an enchantment, and on top of that, this for sure gets me the card, if I really I'm, need it. I'm very curious. How y'all be hating on my Frexian Arenas, but in love with Sylvan Library? I'm very confused. <laughs> well, for why, this is two like, cards, and... yeah. You get to eight dig a little life. deeper, but I'm also eight Team Phyrexian Arena, though. <laughs> yeah, but okay. you happily pay that eight life. 
Yeah, yeah but with Phyrexian Arena, happier, you only though. have to pay one. Oh, no, no, no. no. We're comparing it to Phyrexian Arena. No, 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 no. This card was like five bucks. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's never like horrendous, right? It's not like you're going to start losing games because you have this. Well, maybe you pay too much life, right? But, you know, usually this, this card is solid and will improve your deck. But just by a minor amount, like, I don't think it's worth 20 bucks. I think if you have one around or, you know, it's like three bucks or something, like, it's a fine card. It's okay. But it's, it's not the essential card that it used to be that I think a lot of people are remembering. And, you know, they, they start it in their deck and like, I absolutely need this card. Otherwise, it doesn't, you know, my deck doesn't function. I think we're way past that. And this used to be like you card, pick up one, other card one or two, right? Like immediately for green. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, it's no longer card expensive. one or two, but it, it's still, I think, a top 20 card in green. That's too much to unpack for this podcast. I don't think it's worth 20 bucks. <laughs> we'll have- I don't think it's worth. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it's, it's worth twenty worth- bucks anymore, but I think it's like if you have it, you should still probably jam it if you want to. Okay. Still, it's never so it's bad. Worth. So it's worth. It's never bad. That's not. No, that's not. Is it worth? So it's what, worth. If you have no. it already, you might as well use it. But if you well, don't, if you have you it, you're not it. spending twenty bucks, then it's free. No, but right? like, if you have it already, but like if you if you if you're like going to put it's it borderline in worth. Right, like if it's I, I as I said, it, it okay, is okay, okay, okay. Downwards. Time for our sponsored segment. <laughs> Say you have a Sylvan Library, do you snap it off the card conduit or do you stick it in <laughs> a green deck? It's worth twenty dollars. This will answer whether it's worth or not right here. I well, um, but buy list where you really get the full twenty. <laughs> I I kept mine. I I ended up putting it in the food deck. I went back and forth for like an hour and then put it in the food deck. So I I literally did keep mine and find a deck for it. Well, it's, but I it gets you it. more value if you use our affiliate code. So uh, does that change? <laughs> yeah. Does that change your decision making? Still in my food. So I would personally snap food. it off because it's only going to get worse over time. Wizards is only yes. printing more and more powerful cards. Yep. Everything is a Toski now. Like we're only getting better and better card draw. So whatever value it maintains today, like it's it's card draw value is just going to go down over time. So I would actually get rid of it. Like it, I don't think it improves my deck significantly, and there's no point. Dang. Okay. Seth. Oh, I thought we were done with reserve list. We're back at Wait, it. We got one more. Well, I, I was very, I was going back and forth. Is it even fair to put reserve list cards on the list? But I decided I had to talk about Wheel of Fortune. I used to be the, the biggest Wheel of Fortune defender of all time. I like argue that it was necessary. Now. Like, I, I mean, I don't hate Wheel of, I don't think I hate Wheel of Fortune, but it's almost 300 bucks. It's like, it is on the reserve list. The cheapest version is like 289 dollars even the collector's edition which isn't even tournament legals like 250 dollars almost so it is very very expensive if you don't know what wheel does every three man in red everyone discards their hand and draws seven cards so this is an effect that i used to argue was essential for red decks i i thought you just had to play wheel of fortune because you didn't really have a lot of good sources of card advantage but that was 10 years ago or something over the last few years things have really changed for red red is actually now very good at generating card advantage with various like impulse draw effects exile the top card of your library and play it this turn even just straight up like reckless impulse just like exile two cards and you play them to the end of your next turn all this is a red is much much better at generating card advantage uh so the fact that red has other ways of generating card advantage has kind of turned me off to wheels as an archetype because the downside of wheels is you're also drawing your opponents theoretically a lot 
lot of cards. There's a lot of times in a four player game that you're only getting, you know, four or five new cards and the rest of the table is getting way more than that when you cast a wheel. So wheels are kind of a little bit sketchy in general. But even if you really want a wheel, there are way cheaper versions. Wheel of Mitch Fortune is almost similar if you want to pay some life and it's like three bucks. There's Reforge the Soul, which is like a miracle wheel. It's five mana or two mana if you miracle it. That's like five bucks. Magus of the Wheel is kind of sketchy because it's a creature that needs to lose summoning sickness, but it's like 30 cents. So I don't think you need wheels in general. And even if you want a wheel, there's budget options that I would play over spending almost $300 on Wheel of Fortune. So I think Wheel of Fortune, maybe there's some very specific CDH decks that you want it. But otherwise, like I, I cannot imagine spending $300 on this card. Play some impulse draw. Play Wheel of Misfortune if you really wanted to. That's play fun. Wheel of Misfortune, like yeah, or Ruin Grinder, or like Ruin Horn. Vegas of the like, Wheel. Yeah, there's a lot of very cheap options if you really insist on playing Wheel. And I would argue that Wheels in general are just in most decks. If you're playing a Wheel deck, a Nekuzar deck or something, that's different. But just in general, like my red deck needs to generate card advantage. I think Wheels are bad at that now. Like the Wheels that used to be necessary, but now I don't think they're actually a good option for that role. I agree. No, I agree, no yeah. nothing yeah. new to say there. Just you're, you nailed it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like it's hard to actually like the reserve list as a whole. A lot of the cards on there, I just cannot justify purchasing. The yeah. only like and like the only one that I think is a hard to like replicate effect. Even then, actually no, because of the Ixalan enchantment. I was gonna say Gaia's Cradle, but all of those just don't feel worth it. They all just what about MTG Finance All Star Spoils of Evil? <laughs> is that well, on the reserve list? It is. <laughs> well, now this is your fault. Like, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I don't even know what that does. So, no, I can't replicate. I'm going to gift it to you for your rogue deck. How about okay. that? Okay. What does it do? You won't play it though. What does it okay. do? Okay. It says for it's a three mana instant for each artifact or creature in target opponent's graveyard. You add one colorless mana to your mana pool, and you gain one life. So if you're milling them, you count all the artifacts and creatures in their in their graveyard. You make that much mana, and it's you gain that much. Kind of good, but that, that <laughs> we're on Wheel of Fortune, and <laughs> yeah. 2023 poses a threat to Wheel of Fortune. Like you can't give everyone a new hand because you've just loaded them up with a very powerful interaction, a lot of which is free. Right, yep. like you do not want to wheel your opponent into a fierce guardianship to then stuff you in your tracks. You don't want to wheel them into Teferi's protection. Uh, you don't want to do this anymore. So, in terms of like raw card advantage, I don't think it's worth anymore. I will say there are times where we need like the defensive wheel. Like someone has drawn thirty cards, and we're like, oh, we got to wheel them back <laughs> down to seven, right? But that's so niche, and you probably won't get that wheel to resolve anyway. So, I. Is simply not worth it with all the good impulse draw, with all of the reprinted Wheel of Fortunes, essentially. Um, and then also just like if you're not mono red, like all the other colors can draw cards, right? So you could use those as well. So not worth, was it $300 now? Yeah. Just under, yeah, yeah like $290-ish, yeah. All right, Tomer, what do you got for us? Okay, so this card... I don't know if anybody runs this card, but then I looked on EDH Rec and it sees a lot of play and I don't know why. It's it's Timeless Lotus. So Timeless Lotus. Oh wait, one second. Oh, floating. <clears throat> there we go. <laughs> Timeless Lotus. Um is a five mana legendary artifact. It's colorless. 
Um, it enters the battlefield tapped, and you can tap it to add Wooberg. So five mana, one of each color. Um, so oh, it's like from Dominaria United. Yeah, it's like the the big the big brother of like Gilded Lotus. Gilded Lotus, for those who don't know, um, including me apparently, five mana. Colorless artifact, not legendary. Doesn't have to tap, but it only adds three mana of any one color. This adds the same mana cost, mana value, but it's five mana, Wooberg, but you can't tap it. The turn it comes into play, and it's a legendary. And it sees play in 15% of decks. Wow. Is it a pre-cod card? I'm no. actually no. like wondering if EDH. I'm Is looking at the wrong? EDH rec page. I'm wondering if there's a bug, because if you look at the top commanders. It's like Joda's Joda number one stuff. at 34%. And then below that, it's like 24, 22. I don't know how this can add up to 15% of all decks playing well, this card. It but would be 15% yeah, is- of decks it's legal. So it should be 15%. Uh, yeah, 15% of five decks is legal. So 15% of five color decks. decks. But the, Which, I mean, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But like, uh, it's so the card is worth um, $13 according to MTG Goldfish, which, like, in a five-color deck, five, a five-drop mana rock that taps for five is good, but also, Ish. like, you have, like, Mirari's Wake, which will be making more than that mana, or, like, if you pay a little bit more mana, you go to Zendikar's Resurgent. Like, once you have mana rocks that are five or greater, you really want, like, obscene yields for it, and five mana for five is good, but, like... No, not $13. No. I could see the argument for it in very specific decks, maybe. Like, Joda that lets you cast everything for Wooberg. Like, it's kind of cute there. Like, Progenitus, this, like, five lands and this lets you cast your Progenitus. Like, in very specific decks. But this being a five-color staple, which apparently it is, is this even good? Like, ETB's tapped. It's five. Do you really want to be ramping on five like that with something that's capped? It's not going to just go off, like you said, like a mana doubler or something. I don't know. I, I don't think I spent 13 bucks on it. In a five-color deck, I could see me running it. It's only $13 right now, right? Like, like I, I think that's a pretty good deal, is it not? You get two of them for one Esper Sentinel. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> and you immediately get the value off of it. Like, well, kind of. You wait a turn. Well, but the next year, you have to, like, you, yeah. you have to untap. Well, if you untap with it, it's insane, right? Like, you just pay yeah. five mana. Wait, so so we can't we can't pay wait, five wait. mana doubling season, untap and go off, but we can play five mana timeless. Well, that, that's what I mean, right? Are you actually a little more mana? able to but... untap with this? If we're saying we can untap well, a doubling season. Why can't we untap look, a timeless loaded? This is not as offensive <laughs> as a doubling season, though. That's, I think that's the thing. It sneakily will probably just go right underneath it. Whereas doubling season just, it's such a household name that everyone's going to immediately like want to kill it. Well, you can also on eight mana drop doubling season and then drop a three drop or something. Whereas this thing does True. absolutely nothing, right? You always have to. Well, wait. you could also untap it. Yeah. Well, how you about, have to abuse yes. it. Can you abuse it with voltaic key or stuff yeah, like that? You can. My guess is these decks actually abuse it and then it becomes no. cracked. No, they don't. They don't abuse Joda it. Joda the Unifier is not like the most played deck that has it. In 34% of decks is Joda the Unifier, and Joda's not untapping it. It's, Although it's, a, it's a legendary. It is, it is legendary, so it's yeah. triggering Joda, which I'm assuming is what it's yeah. going for, is just like it's a mana rock that cascades into something. But here's, I mean, here's I, don't, my, I don't think it's bad, but is it like... 
I don't. Do you play Gilded Lotus anymore? I, I no. stopped Lotus playing only Gilded makes Lotus. Three mana. It only makes three, so but it's, it's untapped. And it's three so of it the same. Costs two ish. Yeah, but it costs. Of. But you only make three of the same color as well. Right. That's well. Also, Mirari's Wake. Mirari's Wake. Five mana. Uh, it's Selesny Enchantment, so you can put it in your five color decks, no problem. Creatures you control get plus one plus one, and then all your lands tap for double mana or add for uh, tap for one more mana. So it does the same thing, yeah. right? It like. You play on turn gotta, five, and then next turn you tap all your lands, and now you're making at least five mana. But it's going to be making more than that, and it gives you your creatures think. a little bit of an anthem. If there's one thing think. I've learned about commander players, is they really value not having to think about things. It's like stop uh, calling me out. <laughs> what's the? I can't think of the name. Chromatic, whatever. The three mana mana oh, rock. Chromatic lantern. Like that card gets way more play than it should, just because it's very nice to be like I'm five color, but I don't have to think about what colors I'm tapping. All my lands do all my things, and this has a little bit of that, right? It's like it makes every color. You don't really got to think about it. You're not worrying about oh, if I tap this land for this, it's making that. So I wonder no, if some of like, like, oh, well, I have easy. Wooburg, and then how do I spend the Wooburg? And then you yeah, look at the rest of your land, and like, floating, oh. and I spend one here. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think it's... Yeah. Ta- like, I don't it know, like, what's... The, the next best thing is not as good, right? Like Mirari's Wake? I think it's better. But, okay, that's one thing. I play Mirari's Wake. So Mirari's Wake has the advantage of, like, if you have eight mana, you can drop it, and then the rest of your mana is doubled, and you can still do things. Yeah. But, like, five mana on a five mana mana rock is actually pretty decent it's pretty good i just don't like mana rocks and i don't like hoping to untap so i would never play this but if you are in a play group where there's not too much removal like you know you don't have to worry about your mana rocks shattering like every turn like you untap with this like you're popping off right you're very pleased with yourself if you if you do this right so maybe Yeah, that's Maybe, true. You know, like, like if we if you can untap a doubling season, why can't you untap a timeless lotus? <laughs> like I don't. What about what about four what more I, man, uh, four more dollars, and you get smothering tithe? Comes out one turn earlier, and then it's just better. Makes more mana. Yes, that's true. Yeah, smothering tithe is better, right? Except if you're an artifact deck. Unless you can untap it. If you can untap yeah, the timeless lotus, then you're you're having a good time. But uh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Timeless lotus. Like maybe it's borderline. I think, like, like I think it's still worth it. It seems like Fine. a very solid It's only 13 bucks. Only 13 bucks? Like yeah. It's one Fine. of the cheaper cards we've talked about, so I'm kind of, like, middle on it. I don't know if I'd run out and spend 13 bucks on it, but it's at least it's not a $300 card or whatever. Like some Yeah, of if it was cards. some kind of, like, like, outlandish, like, $30 plus, I probably wouldn't buy it. For sure. Chains of Mistopheles. I'm changing it. Chains of Mistopheles. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that does. So yes, yeah, so no one does. So. All right, Crim, uh, take us home with your last card. What do you got? All right. So the last card I've got is one that's often always just I, I see it all the time in red decks, and then of course dragon decks. Makes sense in dragons. It's ancient copper dragon, uh, which is just four red red flying six five. When it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d twenty. You create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. And it is $55. What? It is $55. <laughs> it's a dragon, though. It's a dragon. Sure, it is $55, Tomer. <laughs> like, holy... Do you not love dragons? I do love dragons, and I still don't want to $55 spend it on this card, right? Like, this, <laughs> this has the upside. Yes, you get a connect, and you make some unholy amount of mana. Let's not lie here. It's in red. The colors, they can give it haste. But we just got... What's the hoarding dragon from Lord of the Rings? Uh, Ooh, that one cavern horde dragon is complete gas 
Yeah. Because you can cast I, I think, it for like two mana. If it's, yeah. It has a mana discount equal to the highest number of artifacts and opponent controls. And then when you connect. Which is like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like 13 bucks, and when you connect, you make a, a treasure token for each artifact that player controls. I think it's like and 20 bucks. And it, and it has flying trample and haste. What? And yeah, like, that card is so good. And it costs right. as little as two mana. Yeah. So, oh god. Like, it is like half of the price. What is yeah. the card where you look. <laughs> Cavern Dragon. It came in, it came in the Dragon. Yeah. Lord of the Rings Commander pre-con, the Sauron yeah. deck. Yeah, it's only, it's only 15 bucks. It's only yeah. 15 bucks. You could literally get a playset. I mean, pretty it's much a, a playset on a on a dragon kind of. The card but, is yeah. The card is actually cracked. <laughs> but the card is like, the, why why get ancient copper dragon then? Which is I get that it's inflated because it is a mythic in a set that you know may not have like sold or I guess it's sold well, but underrated what, set. Underrated set. Sure, it, we'll call it that. But it is a mythic mm. and it's fifty five dollars i just can't see it being worth yeah maybe maybe your opponent has no artifact sure whatever but like i would rather that than this fifty five dollar dragon i mean Ka- not good if you don't have any artifact opponents also yeah that's what i was gonna say like i don't know about the like i i agree but, that fifty five bucks is a lot for ancient copper dragon but it's much more consistent, right? It's only six sure. mana. Remove the Cavern Horde dragon. And heart. it's going to make like 10 treasures when Cavern Horde might make like three it, or it, it four. It doesn't have haste. It could make one, though. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have haste. haste. But yeah, red. The other one does. Yeah. Just, just I mean, remove, remove the comparison uh, to that okay, dragon. Okay. Is this okay, a $55? I, I think price? it's a good card, right? But sure. 55 is at, like, I don't know what card is worth $55 exactly, but. This is what the third most expensive card on your list, or something. It's an ancient copper yeah. dragon. Like, yeah. there's so many powerful. This card is busted, and like, if yeah. you can start attacking with it, you're probably going to win the game. But I wouldn't spend fifty five dollars on it. There's so many big splashy dragons that do cool things that I don't think it's really like necessary to spend fifty five dollars on this. You can buy some random old mythic dragon that like is pretty busted for two dollars or whatever. So at that price, I I don't think I would go for it, even though it is like a very very strong effect. I just there's plenty of good replacements that are almost as powerful in like a couple of bucks. So I'm the I'm the target audience because I love dragons. But yeah, I love I dragons. Is it worth over? No. I mean, did I buy one? What what is our worth price for this? Yeah. Wait, okay, so I didn't buy one. I actually, I I got like some booster boxes and we drafted and the stipulation was because I owned the draft box, somebody, somebody, I got to keep the cards and somebody opened it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, so dragons, there's kind of a dragon tax, right? Where dragons sometimes are more expensive yeah. than other creature types just because they're, they're so angels. popular. So yeah. I don't think it's realistic to be like, oh, this should be like five bucks. But like I would pay. I'd pay 20. Maybe like. I'd yeah, I was going to. That was my gut instinct. There's also like old gnaw bones, which was from yeah. a standard set, which is when a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. That's right around 20 bucks. So I think like 20 would probably be like. A price where I would be in on this. What about anime dragon? Krim, I mean, I love, I love that dragon mage. I, I have it. That's a dollar. <laughs> that's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. So that's All a right. bang for your buck. Literally, right, Cop- copper dragon, good, but too expensive. We need it expensive. to be reprinted a couple times. And there Stop are this. many good dragons that you can replace in your deck. So yeah. maybe it's not as good, but they're just splashy as well and like you kind of get the same but even even in red decks like right i see people just jamming this outside of a dragon deck is what i'm saying 
and fellow dragon lovers. I mean, as long as you chill. have haste, this card is extremely good, <laughs> right? Like you, oh, you, you yes. got to give yeah. it haste somehow. This card is extremely good. Doesn't matter what colors you. Want. You could play a five color deck. If you had haste, I would put. You know, you could get this into play reliably. Like that's actually really the, good. The D twenty kind of sucks, though. I mean, it's it's exciting, but it also like kind of sucks because like, it averages out if, to 10 so that's good, yeah but right? if if it's a, like you will make 10 treasures and i'd be like oh my god that's amazing but like you can still roll like one but what if you really? roll 20 that, that part doesn't bother me what if you roll 20 all, yeah i think the difference between 10 and 20 is like whatever like <laughs> i just want to I, I would i would much rather just give me 10 straight up but it feels know. like 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 yeah like if you roll anything under like eight i'm a, i'm immediately upset you're like yeah I worked this hard for my wanted to fifty-five dollar dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I spent good money on this dragon. I wanted to make me a lot of treasures. It needs to make one treasure for each dollar. Okay, so if I spend twenty dollars on it, yeah, it's got to be a D twenty. Okay, <laughs> critical. All right, those are uh, our top most expensive cards, not worth the price. So let us know if you disagree. Are there any cards that we've left out? Uh, or what, what your thoughts are on some of the more saucy cards. I think we've had a couple splits in here. Uh, what were our splits? Sylvan Library? Doubling Season. Doubling Season. Esper Sentinel. Oh, Esper Sentinel, Doubling Season were the big ones. There were a know. couple of big ones, yeah. And, yeah, and then Grim think? Tutor? Was Grim oh, Grim Tutor, Tutor maybe. <laughs> Grim oh, Tutor. and Damnation. All right, just let us know on the whole list what you yeah. disagree. Yeah. <laughs> we disagree on everything. Give us everything. <laughs> there was what very little consensus. On? There we, was like we have two. fire chat we GPT. We need you in the comments <laughs> to let us know which way the cards should fall. So GPT doesn't even know what format we're talking about. All right. So <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll see you all here back next week. See you, everyone. Bye.